Well, the Mariners win uh, another series. They did have their winning streak, their new winning streak, broken at four games there in the series. Nonetheless, hard-fought battle by the Oakland A's, which seemed like they just had a million left-handers in the, <laughs> on their roster while we're playing pretty heavy with lefties. Uh, you know, not having Julio in the lineup in the last two games. You also lost France for one of the games. We also uh, were missing other right-handers that would definitely be in our lineup, like Tom Murphy. It was pretty interesting. I thought Oakland uh, was another perfect example of like a, a team that you look at the record and they're going to lose well over 100 games, but right now they're going to get up to be the spoilers because I feel like you go through the dog days of the season, and I guess on maybe on a team like that, you really don't have any – Anything really to play for. And at the end of the year, we've talked about it. You got these guys that, you know, are fighting for other jobs, fighting for to get to get a good, uh, you know, game tape. And also just to be the spoilers to making them, you know, make somebody else uh, to also, I don't know, pull somebody down. Misery always needs company. This is a scary time of the year to play these teams like this. And, uh, you know, the Mariners, you know, take care of business in the first game. Uh, played two other close games in the series lucky enough walked away with or fortunate enough i should say to walk away with the victory what was your big takeaways guys well i know uh, oakland's probably pretty happy because they're eight and oh going into that game so for them to win a game against us after losing eight straight <laughs> we we made their season yeah i mean you said it, Myron, but every every major league team is a new challenge. Like you mentioned, they got guys playing for jobs. Uh, you know, it's hard to win in this league. You know, they might not all have all the pieces to put together uh, a good, successful game, whether it be starting pitching, some hitting, or the bullpen. But uh, those guys have pride, and they sure showed it this series. I mentioned before, you know, they've swept Atlanta before. Uh, who's got one of the best records in the National League. So, I mean, they're they're playing hard. And uh, you mentioned they want to uh, try to knock somebody out. So, uh, And the Mariners have been really hot. So they uh, gave them a tough challenge. And uh, every game from here on out will be that as well. Yeah, and I don't want the Mariners to lose any games to, to Oakland. But I, I'm not mad if we, we lose one of them. <laughs> this season to them I, I could give them one I could give them one win uh I know there's there's a bit of Oakland A's fans that when we were down there on Monday night they kind of look lost right it, well Oakland needs four more wins to avoid having the worst record ever in MLB so they got four more wins to go with about what 30 games to go I think they'll do it I, I think Mark Cotte is like managing every game to win managing every scenario pretty good he doesn't he you don't want that title. No, no, no. I mean, they gave the Mariners a really tough series here. I know that we lost a couple guys. Uh, we we lost. We suddenly lost Kirby right before Game Two. We lost Julio to a sore foot, two and three, and again, like Ty France in the middle of the game. Not making any excuses, but those are good reasons. Uh, also, two right-handers coming out of the lineup when he had, uh, you know, a million lefties coming out of the bullpen. It was like a lefty parade from Oakland. Yeah, sure was a buzzkill to get that news about Kirby before the game started and then just, you know, a half hour before game started during the pregame to hear about Julio. Uh, but, 
you know, you'll take that loss. At least I will. Sure. After watching that first game, I was like, we should never lose to these guys the rest of the series, but you'll take that loss. If you get a good, healthy Julio coming up and it's not something major, that's how I look at it. You know, it, it sounds like Kirby's getting over whatever he has and sounds like he's possibly going to be pitching in the New York series, which is cool for him. He gets to pitch in front of his uh, hometown people. That's always good. He always seems to perform pretty damn well when they're in the crowd. Yeah, there's been a few games here in Seattle and then back when he was in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, he brings his uh, rooting crew from Rye, New York, which is close by, and they get after it and really support him. But, I mean, the way George Kirby performs and competes, he really doesn't need it. But um, it's cool to see those guys in the stands supporting him. Yeah, well, the run DMC message must have meant something really special to Kirby being from his hometown. I, yeah. bet, I bet you he looks all lanky and smooth in his in his uh, jumpsuit. Maybe he was playing hooky so he could pitch in New York, huh? Uh, <laughs> you figure with the Oakland A's you'd be all right. You think you could get more than four hits in that game. But listen, let's take it back to game one of that series. Mariners get the seven to nothing victory. We were down there. It was Native American Heritage Night. We were there representing the Simshian Nation. But it was the fry bread and mustard show. It was the fry bread and mustard show. In fact, somebody came up to me and thought that my rye bread and mustard sweatshirt said fry bread and mustard. He says, "That's oh, I thought that said fry bread and mustard." He was very disappointed, and I was like, "Yeah, I know. Oh, it's an all right podcast. Check it out." I don't think he listened to me, but it, it was really cool. They had a lot of pre-game and throughout the game celebrations were they uh how are they treating that on the broadcast were they making sure that was uh represented on their on their hannah yeah they brought a gentleman who was i don't know his exact title but he was part of the commission from the muckleshoot tribe who sat in the booth in between goldie and blowers and they had him on for not quite a half inning but uh yeah and he talked about uh their support working with the Mariners and now they're teaming up and all that good stuff. So yeah, they had someone on from the Muckle shoots to talk about it. Yeah, it was, it was a fun mixer. It reminds me of some of the native American film festivals I've been a part of just everybody down there, you know, got their bling on with their Mariners gear, uh, different tribes. It's not just the Muckle shoot, lots of representation down there. I also really liked how they did, how they made their salute to the veterans, uh, showcasing the native american veterans of foreign wars as well and it was grateful dead night so you had the native american night slash grateful dead night yeah into one stadium it was that was that was a trip man (laughs) that was was a trip man (laughs) it was a trip man you know we were actually sitting below the grateful dead sections at first, I was like, I wonder if all these people are on acid. And then I kind of looked up, saw all the real, gray hairs. Real diverse group. Yeah, yeah. I looked up and I saw the saw the gray hair, and I said they're probably more on ant acids right now. But uh, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> it was a very interesting mix in there. Yeah. They also had the jersey giveaway. So the interesting thing about the jersey was that they put twenty three on the back, of course for the year 23 but i kept overhearing conversations of people wondering oh is it ty france jersey night or is ty france does he have native american heritage uh they did the 23 and me that you and i were talking about once hanno down at the stadium uh but i didn't see any native american heritage in him but no the 23 if you were wondering it was for the year 
2023 was what the significance was. But I overheard this conversation constantly throughout the evening. Yeah, I could see how that could happen uh, for sure. But yeah, I remember you, we us talking about the, uh, when they had the South of France night for Ty France and he did that 23 and me and, and uh, I do not remember if he had any Native American in him, but they showed on a pie chart uh, during the broadcast. But I don't can't remember. No. <laughs> that was quite an ev evasive kind of thing they had up on the jumbotron that night. Just, yeah. Here's your DNA. What if he found out like his parents weren't his parents or something like that? Or like, you know, his DNA, uh, you know, showed that he had committed a crime somewhere in his past. I don't know. It was, it was pretty interesting. Anyways, let's get back. Well, to he, does, uh, he has uh, had a few crimes uh, that he's committed. If you watched him run the bases. Yes. Uh, and actually at that game <laughs> <laughs> was that head first slide in the home plate. Now, if you asked every drunk out in Edgar's, he was saved by a mile. Um, yeah, there was a you know, a clamoring of booze when, when they went to the instant replay and the Mariners did wanna, not get, get his way. I want to see a foot race between Ty France and, and Mike Ford just to settle, settle the dispute, you know. <laughs> uh, the war to settle the score. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll do that on the, the um, ABC's Wide World of Sports where uh, they actually invite all the, like, like Vogelback, um, yeah, Kyle Seeger, he was the Kyle. Worst. They'll bring Kyle Seeger back and be like, "Who is the fastest, slowest man in baseball?" How do you run on your heels? Uh, <laughs> in the in this game, obviously Julio, Julio, four hits, two of them, two of them were infield singles. I know everybody wants to talk about the home run and the double early in the game. Those were scorched. Both of them were pissed on. But this guy's still up there needing, uh, you know, a triple for a cycle in his last at bat. You know, he probably wanted it. Hits hits a grounder. Doesn't go, oh, fuck. This guy, you know, runs it out. This dude is so fun to watch. It's those little things. You know, another game, another four hits in a game on Monday. 13-game hitting streak, Hanno. Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible on his way to probably player of the month, if not maybe Teo Hernandez. But, no, you got to give it to Julio. But, yeah, and then, you know, the game started off with another JP home run. He's, he's you know, he's acting like Ricky again. Another uh, leadoff home – or, uh, yeah, leadoffs – another leadoff home run to start the game. I mean, he's been on one lately. Yeah, it's great to have him back, and I know he needed a couple games to snap out of it. Who who wouldn't? But once he's gotten going, he's he's back. He's back getting what like a couple of walks again, game living on base, and yeah, he's got a couple of leadoff home runs, doing his best Ricky Henderson impression here in the last week. Um, really happy to have JP back. He's such an integral part of the team. We already know that. I mean, <clears throat> arguably could have. Not won two games because JP was not at shortstop. Just, I mean, that's Dylan Moore made some defensive errors there, and you know, and the game could have gone differently. That's how valuable JP is to us. It might have cost us a couple games while he was gone that short time. I think when we played against Baltimore is what is when it showed, uh, but I think that's what you're referencing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, of course, JP is the the guy that. 
the straw that stirs the drink. You listen to Scott Service talk about how important he is in the locker room, gets Gino going, gets everybody going, gets makes the whole atmosphere. Hi, this is Tom Pachorka of the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Uh, Be the first in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket Night. Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No nose. No Funny Nose no Glasses. Nose. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. But back to game one. I know we're jumping all over the place. But yeah, in game one, it, it was the story of your stars carrying your team. You, you had Crawford, a couple of hits. We talked about it. J-Rob with his four hits. Suarez with his two hits. Teo with a couple of hits. And Ty France with a couple of hits. I mean, that that's that's with the pitching that Wu did and the bullpen not giving anything up. I mean, that's that's about as perfect as a game as the Mariners could play. I know it's against the A's, but that is the absolute suffocating formula that the Mariners, if they can duplicate that, who's going to stop them? Yeah, you mentioned with all those hits. I mean, that's been the case for the Mariners here lately. They've been, been getting double-digit hits, seems like game after game, and they just continued it coming into this series in game one. It was a great thing to see. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, Wu start, they, they said they wanted four, would love to get five. He gave them six innings in that game. He had Sacedo in there, Campbell, Thornton. Didn't use much of the bullpen. That, that came into play. That, that was really, really important that the bullpen gave up nothing in this game and the next game especially with Kirby going out, the bullpen was going to get, you know, used. So this was very good foreshadowing for what we needed for the rest of the series. Yeah. With Weaver getting the call late in in the, in the day to uh, make a spot start. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, he, he didn't find his spots. He left some right down the pipe and, you know, the A's handled it. Uh, you just can't miss down the middle in the big leagues, no matter if you're the A's or the Mariners. Uh, those pitches get hammered. But uh, really the biggest play of the game for Weaver was that unbelievable uh, swinging bunt play he made down the third base line oh, yeah. where he, he kind of was a pop-up slide and all in one motion was able to get enough on it over to Ty France to make the play. I mean, it was a hell of a play by a pitcher. No, yeah, that's going to be – I mean, that's his, that's his career best <laughs> best moment right there in my book, as far as I know. I know he got the five strikeouts in a row, but that's got to be one of them, especially with a big packed house of 40,000-some people in there and making some fucking noise after that play. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, here and after, uh, he won the gold glove back in college, so he's got that in him to play – uh, defense for himself. So, yeah, just nothing new for him, I guess. It, what a play, though. Fry bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. The Kingdo days, they had a lot of great memories for me. Where were you and what were you thinking when the Kingdom was imploded? Uh, I was watching it on TV at home. I know I get flack for this, but I was kind of like in the good riddance mode. You like, press the button. I would have I would have done it gladly. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Not to switch topics, but another cool thing was uh, 
how many people showed up for these Oakland games this this series, and we we're averaging something like you know thirty five thousand fans per game, and we had the the most fans, but uh, Wednesday or yeah, it's like Tuesday, t- Tuesday on a for, Tuesday on a Tuesday game, yeah, since- most. Actually, it was most people on a Monday night with 37,000. The last time they had that many was 2017, but that was opening night on a Monday. And, yeah, I don't believe they've had 44,000 on a Tuesday night. I don't know, yeah, ever. they were talking about it, giving out. But that's real cool that the fans are coming out and how, how excited they are. And it's Oakland, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and look, the value nights help. The, you know, Julio... Pop night helps, but they ain't handing out forty thousand Julio pops. No, they aren't. Um, but they are selling them at the team store now for twenty bucks a pop if you missed out on them. And uh, the last time they had that many folks on a Tuesday night was uh, the last time they had opening day on a Tuesday night. Wow, I mean that that that's saying something right there. Uh, for you know, I've heard I heard what Scott Service uh, was saying earlier today pre-game. He was talking about in these situations, like in the fourth inning, you know, in, in this game, in game two, you know, they couldn't really cash in. They got the walk and then Caballero pops it up. But he, he had the wherewithal service and he said he was looking around and looking up at the top and he noticed and remarked that, hey, everybody in the stadium was standing on their feet early in the game like that. Yeah, and you got to give it credit to the Mariners. They uh, they still tried to fight back. They had some opportunities late in the game, and then getting down to the ninth inning, uh, they had the tying run on second base with the go-ahead run at the plate. It just didn't come through for them. So that's Mariner baseball. They I don't believe they've lost a game more than two runs this whole month. It's That's just an incredible heater yeah. that they've been on. I mean, they fight till the end and play hard for each other. you, you got to love that out of your baseball team. Yeah, and even in, in this game, look, Weaver came in there, you know, gave up the three runs. It is what it is, but look, Campbell, Brash, Thornton, Sacito, all everything was clean, gave us a chance to win. And at the end of the day, if you know, if you if you take uh Kirby out of the game or out of this equation, or if you put Kirby back in the equation, you know his ERA is like 3.0. It really wasn't much of a difference. The the biggest difference to me in this game was losing Julio. Losing France, you're really short with the uh, right-handed bats uh, available. And, you know, Oakland threw out a parade of, you know, lefties. A lot of them that nobody's ever seen, and shit happens. So uh, one interesting thing I heard today in the, the interview with Scott was the, uh, this, this, the status on Julio and why he's sitting out. And he's, well, it's we're being real – precautionary but the real realistically he's probably going to play every game for the rest of the year so this is his, his last break before going into you know the sprint sure they were talking a little bit about it after the game game three we'll get to that in a second but apparently before this game he felt fine and then there was something that happened between the warm-up and the game they're not saying at the time that we're recording do you have anything else on that Hannah, or is that sound about right to you of why he was scratched in game two, you're asking me? I mean, we know it's the sore foot, but apparently it was something that happened uh, prior or post the or during the warm-up on Tuesday. Yeah, the only thing I heard was he's going through his warm-up. His warm-up includes 
uh, about an hour before the game, lifting some weights and then starting to do some footwork stuff. And uh, he was starting to do that. And um, something wasn't right. The trainer came into Scott Service's office just before the game, let him know. And uh, they held him out, and then they started working on it right away. So, yeah, exactly how it happened or when, uh, I don't think it's really been divulged of what the case was and how it actually happened. Yeah, by the time this goes out, maybe maybe we'll know. Uh, going to need him. <laughs> Obviously going to need him. It was one of those big adjustments for the Mariners because this is the guy I know that we talk about that. JP stirs a drink and gets everybody going, but this is the guy that ignites the engine, and there, there's, there's no substitute for that on this team. Oh, absolutely, he is the guy. He brings the energy. You see him in past series. You know the M's are up by a bunch, and he's hustling his ass down to first base in a six-zero lead uh, late in the ball game. He's he's trying to make a statement to his players and his teammates that it's go time. And if he's in, in the game, able to do it, he's going to do everything he can to make this team win. Yeah, and you know, going into Game Three here, uh, it seemed like the Mariners' bats were just still in that dormant area. They jump out to another three nothing lead. Uh, we get two outs in the inning. Um, Scott Service talked about this, but a huge two out walk by A. Eugenio. We get the double following that. You got second and third, and then you get Teo up there. He gets two strikes on him, and then he hits a piss missile into the bullpen, into the uh, A's bullpen. Let's walk through that, Hanno. Yeah, I mean, once the A's got that lead after the previous game, it felt like there was some deflation out of the stadium and probably the rest of the fans watching around the Northwest. But, yeah, big, big moment, like you mentioned, with um, Gino to to get that walk to really start the inning, followed by a double by Cal. And, yeah, just got a high changeup, and he jumped on it. Didn't miss it. You know, those change-ups when they're down and, away, down and low, they're a little harder to uh, recognize. That ball was in his eyes, and he just tomahawked it, like you mentioned, into the bullpen. Yeah, that was a huge home run. And listen, we've talked about it. Tay Oscar, Tay Oscar Hernandez, if you don't have Julio, he's possibly the AL Offensive Player of the Month. I mean, this guy's playing out of his mind right now, especially at the plate. Um, yeah, Tay uh, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, if Julio wasn't having the month that he's having, uh, you could make a great argument for Teo possibly being the uh, player of the month. Uh, he's been incredible hitting, you know, he's still chasing here and there, but it's, he's just the most incredible player ever. You can be so frustrated one minute with him chasing, but the next minute he's coming up with clutch hits. I believe he has like seven home runs this month. He's been, he's just been great. He's come through in the clutch. and t I mean, it was a huge home run early on. Like I mentioned, down 3 nothing. He felt deflated. Uh, and he got you right back in, in it with that big swing to get you tied. Yeah, that that play at the plate, the throw to the plate, definitely turned the Another tide. big moment, yeah. Turned the tide to everything. I do feel like the difference besides, besides Julio just going on this record run, Julio's also played just like lights out in the field. Tails, you know, has his moments out there and he has his and he has his really good moments. 
he's had his moments defensively where you you know it's more of the balls that are in the air behind him the and his routes uh, that you're a little concerned about or the ones towards the wall but man he has a great arm he's thrown a lot of guys out at ba- at the at different bases this year and you mentioned he got behind that ball today uh made a, just a perfect throw one hopper to cal uh it's it's it was a big Big, big moment of the game. Uh, Oakland would have gone up by two runs if he had scored. Yeah, and the and the inning would continue. And the inning would continue, and the momentum would stay with an Oakland A's team that's always looking for momentum. They're looking for momentum like crack. You know, they're desperate. They're desperate. They are looking for it. Uh, anything like that for a team, you know, taking that away from them, uh, it hurts. And look what the Mariners did in the very next inning. Um, and they, they cash in, you know, a great, what do you know? Another great at bat by JP Crawford. Yeah, it really was the previous at bat. Uh, Rojas was up. Uh, I believe he was pinch hitting at that point. Uh, let me check. No, yeah, he was, right. he, he, uh, he was up in the order. Excuse me. Um, and uh, facing the lefty and he got, Three straight fastballs, one on the inside, one on the top rail, and then another one uh, right down the pipe. And this guy is lefty, has a pretty good curve. You saw that earlier in that inning. And he just kind of fooled him, you know, threw him a bunch of heat. And the thing that I liked about JP's at bat was he's the next batter after that. He was just looking heater, and he got it, and he, you know, smacked it in the left field to give the M's a uh, – uh, give him two RBIs and give the M's a, uh, a lead. Yeah, I mean, so, and then that just piggybacks off of that throw, and then and then look, then you throw Brash in there, gets a guy on. Benz does not break. Munoz comes in, clean ninth innings, thrown pretty damn good in the last week. Both of these guys, uh, this was a really nice tune-up. I shouldn't even call it tune-up. Very good execution by you know our late inning look. Yeah, Brash did Brash things. Gave you got your heart pumping a little bit, you know. Had the had the walk, had the wild pitch. Uh, the guy got over to third, so yeah, you were a little bit. uh Oh, here we go. And Tony Kemp's coming up, Mariner killer, but he was able to re- uh, repeat what he did the night before and just absolutely make him look silly and strike him out. So yeah, uh, way to be Matt Brash. Like you mentioned, he bent, but he didn't break. And, yeah, Munoz was great in the ninth, and he looks to be back on track. He's attacking the zone, throwing that heater. They talked about throwing the two seam. It's got some movement. Uh, he, he showed that slider, which hasn't been biting as much, you know, we've talked about and noticed. Uh, it still wasn't quite there, but when you got that gas, he was hitting triple digits today. So, I mean, that's hard to hit, and he saved it for him. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I was thinking about this earlier. And the Mariners are, you know, probably going to go the way of Matt Brash and Munoz and how they do. And if those guys turn the corner and are able to close down games all the way, through, you know, into the playoffs, through the playoffs, you know, how far can you take Matt Brash and Munoz? Because there are there are guys right now, and we're not going to really find any replacements for them right now. They're no, we it, need to get on on their side and man, have them come through for us because they're they're going to be the ones that that take us, you know. Yeah, and you add Topa into the mix, who's pretty much been unhittable. I mean, you look at his ERA lately, and it's sub one. 
So you got three guys out there. Um, and yeah, it, it was quite a quite a change for these guys. I mean, Paul Seawald, veteran guy that they've been around their entire, you know, major league career, who's been the leader out in the bullpen leaves. And you know what? There there was a little bit of an adjustment period, and that's fair. I totally agree with you. I mean, it's you're going to ride or die with Brash and Munoz. You don't have anybody else, really. So, yeah, I agree with all that. And, you know, a big difference this week, too, you, you have to factor this in. We won a game by seven runs. We won another game by a million runs. They got more rest than they typically have gotten even throughout that winning streak. And and look, look what the look at the results with some decent rest. Yeah, they've been ridden hard the whole year. Uh, as of late, coming out of the uh, the last road trip, you talked about Wu to start the first game. Yeah, they weren't expecting him to go that deep. Uh, he was very efficient with his pitches, and that was key uh, to start off the series that way. And then you know you had to piece it together in game two because of the spot start. And then today. Uh, you got a pretty good um, outing from uh, Miller. He wasn't sharp early in that second inning game trouble, but he fought through it and kept uh, giving you uh, a longer a start to then help out your bullpen and not have to go with so many guys. So, yeah, it's it all just works. It's game after game how it works all together for sure, Myron. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and, the, look, the bullpen is going to get a day's rest for the travel 